Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Welcome, everyone. It's good to be here today. Good that you gathered today because we're starting a new challenge today saying we gather in Jesus' name and why we do that. And um, what we're doing at the moment is we're going through, well, this year, we're going through our 10 core values and we're turning each core value of our church into a challenge, which is what we do. So a challenge means this. You can sit and listen to something and think that's nice and never do anything with it. So you didn't actually learn. Like a lot of people here know the value of daily exercise doesn't mean you do it every day and so it doesn't work unless you do it and so that's what we do in our Sundays in our connect groups take something that's actually youth you can go out now while I think about it yes sorry Rach there was sitting there thinking hurry up and send me out so I don't have to listen to her (laughs) you probably are (laughs) some of you would have thought the same at that age so that's what we're doing today. And I just want to pray that we get, like, I'm a, I'm a why person. I like to know why. So I'll, I'll do things and obey, but understanding why changes everything for you. Several years ago, one of our youth camps, I went down to the start of the youth camp and there was a whole lot of new kids came to youth that time and the worship started. And I walked in the room and some of the kids were standing like that. And I looked and I thought, what's going on here? And I realised that they didn't have a why didn't actually know what they're doing. And I felt that this is what this is what happens. So when I was that age, filled with the Holy Spirit, discovered worship for the first time in my life, discovered that when I worship, I engage God and I can hear him speak and I become closer to him, become more intimate with him, raise my hands in worship because I just love being in his presence. All these things are happening inside me. And then the next generation just sees the outside of what happened. And so they can translate it, oh, when you worship, you have to raise your hands. That's the rule. They've got no idea what's going on in here. And so they, st- they follow a form rather than the function of what's actually happening because we forgot to tell them why we're doing this and they're just copying the external thing. And sometimes you, you can have been raised in the church and you just were told since you were born that you go every Sunday and good that you do. It's got godly habits. Children need godly habits. But someone has to teach you the why along the way because when you have the why, something greater happens. And the next day I said to Stu, who's our worship pastor, can you teach them tonight about worship and why we worship and what happens, how you encounter God, what miracles happen? Well, the next day I went down and honestly it was so outstanding. Kids were worshipping and seeing God, praying for each other and seeing amazing things happen in their lives because someone gave them a really good why we do it. And so today and over the next four weeks, Starting today, we're going to have a really good look at the why. And I believe God's going to do something great in us because the why, why we gather together in Jesus' name, is is powerful. Probably in four weeks we won't, we'll only scratch the surface, but that will be enough for something outstanding to happen. And then he'll take us further from there. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we are gathered here, that we're here in your presence. You love us. And I pray for each one of us, Lord, whatever reason that we're here today, maybe someone just brought us don't know you yet maybe we just do it or maybe we get the why passionately for all of us may we have a bigger understanding of who you are and who we are and understand why we're doing this on a Sunday morning and the eternal consequences in Jesus name amen to get into this I want to start off with a passage that gives you a bit of an understanding of our 
who God is and who you are and his, and his bigger purposes. So it's um, from 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10, and it says this, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So it's one of those verses that you can read and think, "Mm, a lot of words that I'm not sure what they all mean, but anyway, sounds good. Let's have a look at it for a moment. It says a lot about you And understanding who you are is really important. And a lot about God's heart comes through this. So firstly, look at these words, race, priesthood, nation, people. Race, priesthood, nation, people. What do you notice? What do all those words have in common? They do. They have vowels. What else? Consonants, yes. Anything else? They're plural. Who said that? Well done. You're in the first service. (laughs) Surely you all saw that. And why did you all sit back and just sit there waiting for someone else to say it? You should call it out. They're plural. So they're plural. You're allowed to be engaged. This is really important because we in the Western world, since the Industrial Revolution, which happened in the late 1700s, so it's a long time ago now, have become increasingly individualistic. So we value individualism even though it's not good for us. We have loneliness is a big problem in our society because we leave so many people alone. We say you've got to be independent and you've got to get out there and there's a part of that that's true, but we have lost that sense of um, belonging and community that so many other nations have. In fact, Sam Paul, who Graham was just talking about, when when he'd been here after a year from India, I said, uh, what do you notice about Australia after being here that is different to India. And he said, Australians don't value family and community as much. So we have people together all the time in our home in India. He said, it's, uh, everyone's quite isolated here. We've got to get to another community to see what we've lost. And because that pervades our culture and our way of thinking, we bring it into the church. Because you've got to remember that we people who are in the church are people who live in this nation. So that will have affected us in some way. And so when we think of of belonging to church, of coming to church, gathering in his name, we often think of ourselves. And uh, we talk about the fact that um, I didn't like or I did like this music or I didn't like this preacher or I did like this preacher or I liked the way this happened because we thought it was about me. And it is about you to a certain extent, but this verse has none of just you. It doesn't say you are a chosen person, a royal priest, a holy person, a person called for you. It doesn't say that. It actually has us collectively. This is really important to understand. Gathering together is really important because it's more than just about you and your personal salvation and your personal relationship with God. As, as precious as that is, there's far more involved here. You are a race, a priesthood, a nation. A people. Have you considered that? You need to go, because I'm not going to unpack all of that today. There's a lot in that. You are a race. So even though you may be here and, and say I'm Australian, you may not be Australian. You might be from another race. You might be have permanent residency here. And you define yourself by your race. There is a higher calling and it's the race of the people who are of the kingdom of God. And it lifts us all up higher. It gets rid of those divisions between 
as, as it says in the, in the scriptures, um, Jew or Greek or slave or free, all those distinctions that we have, or, you know, I'm British or I'm American or I'm German. Or no, we are all of the kingdom of God. And it has British and German and American and whoever else in there. You bring that sort of individual flavour to it, which is something special. But we are of the kingdom of God. We are this race, this nation. So it's a collective. And it says you are chosen. And this is The chosen part is really important. You are a chosen race. You didn't earn it. Now, sometimes when I was um, praying about this, when I first realised that we, the next challenge is um, gathering in Jesus' name, this is an interesting one because um, statistics for the Western world show that since COVID, about 30% of people haven't come back to church for various reasons. Some of them are still online, so they're kind of still in church. Some just haven't come back. And that would say that they didn't totally understand. It's not a judgmental thing. It's just something hadn't gone in about the value of being part of this, this group of people, of gathering in Jesus' name. Something, something was missed. And we may be some of those too. We just have the habit of, of coming here. So you're chosen. Oh, so sorry, the word I thought God gave me first was, was humility, humble, humble. And, and Graham brought that up this morning as well. And I hadn't actually shared this with him. So I do feel this is what God is saying, that the, when you understand how special it is to be chosen, a humility comes. And you wake up Sunday and you think, I get to go to church. And if you look in your heart and you see your attitude, you'll understand how much the, what, what level of revelation you've had about what has been won for you, that you have been chosen to be part of this. Just recently, Graham received an amazing award. It was the Member of the Order of Australia. And that was really exciting for all of us. And he had a special ceremony down at Government House in Sydney and he got two tickets to bring two people with him. I was chosen. <laughs> and that was the simple part. And then we had to choose one of our three children. That was the horrible part. And how do you do that? To line them up and say, well, you think now. You are the best looking, so we'll have you in the photos. So we decided to um, put names in a hat. And uh, we um, drew out the name and Caleb's name came out first. And I said, ring, that, ring them. There must be spare tickets. People always don't turn up for things. They don't even turn up for planes. So um, we rang and we were able to get one more. <laughs> that was hard. So anyway, Phoebe was really generous and she said, Josh, you can go. And she stayed in the hotel across the street and watched us on Zoom. And uh, that, was, that was hard. So Josh and Caleb and I were chosen and we went to Government House and because we were chosen and it was a privilege, we did nothing to deserve it. Um, the, the guys got dressed up with suits and ties and we went there and honestly, we were there first. This is miraculous. We were there first. It was a very wonderful experience. We walked into the room and there was no one else there. And I said, and she, the lady said, sit anywhere. And I said, oh, can we sit in the front row? And she said, you can sit anywhere. I said to the boys, this has been a long journey. I'm going front and centre, getting the best seat in the entire house. And so we did. And um, it was so beautiful to be chosen for that. And so we did our very, very best for that, presented ourselves best we could for that day and yet you and I have been chosen 
through the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, chosen to be called his sons and daughters, chosen to be part of his kingdom, chosen to be his own people, something that you could never have earned. And the greater revelation you have of the depth of that love for you, the more humble you will be about gathering together in his name. You won't wake up and think, oh, it's a bit cold or it's a really sunny day and I think I should go to the beach. There's a humility of being chosen that grabs you and you think, I get to go to church. It's a privilege. And so I ask you to consider what, what is the attitude in your heart? Do you realise the privilege of being chosen? And then it says you're a royal priesthood. Now notice something about this. It doesn't say you're a royal priest. It says you're a royal priesthood. So we are a collective of priests and a priest in the Old Testament and in a lot of religions around the world, a priest is someone who connects with God on behalf of other people. So, in the Old Testament, when you read about um, a priest, and you'll see this in other religions today, a priest would go into in the in the Jewish temple in a place called the Holy of Holies. There was a big curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the people, and only the priest could go in. And the priest would talk to God on behalf of the people and offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. But on the day that Jesus died. Died, and when he died, it says in the scriptures that the curtain, that curtain, a very, very thick curtain, wasn't just a little flimsy curtain, it was a very, very thick curtain, tore in two all by itself. Well, under the hand of God, it tore in two. And what it was saying is, you who put your faith and trust in Jesus can walk boldly into his presence now. You become a priest. You have become someone who, so you've got to get rid of a notion of priest that you might have to understand. A priest is someone who can walk boldly into the presence of God and actually talk to him actually be loved by him, actually hear him speaking to you, actually be encouraged by him, experience the joy of being in his presence. Because it says in the scriptures, in his presence there's fullness of joy. So when you go into his presence, it's a joyful place to be. You have the privilege of going in there. What's more, you have the privilege of going in there on behalf of others who don't know that yet that they can go in there. So salvation is for everyone. Everyone can have the opportunity to go into that presence, but not everyone knows and so we need some priests who will go in there and talk to God on behalf of other people, not just for yourself but for other people, that others may have the joy of actually knowing him, of being loved by him. You are a priest and we are a royal priesthood and that royal priesthood could look like a motley crew. If you look around, it could look like a motley crew. It's all different sorts of people of all ages and stages in life, of all different walks of life and experiences and gifts and talents. And because we are so varied, we can all minister in different areas. That's the strength of us. Our diversity is our strength. And sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you is a fellow priest of the royal priesthood. Look at them and say, hello, fellow priest. And then it says that you are a holy nation. Now, holy means consecrated or set apart. So you're a group of people chosen through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, who's paid the price for our sins, chosen to become a son or daughter of the living God that creates this new race. You are a royal priesthood collectively. And then we are a holy nation. Now, holy means consecrated or set apart. So if you consider people who are in our armed forces, they, they are consecrated for that work and set apart. And they train for it. And it's vigorous training so that they are ready for battle or for a national emergency of some sort. They're ready, they're trained, they're prepared. And they don't just sort of ring up you in the middle of the night and say, 
look, we're going to war and we're a little bit short on soldiers. Do you think you could give us a hand? They don't even want you because you won't know what to do. You're not prepared. You haven't been set apart for that task. But for those of us who have been know that we are chosen and called, that we are part of God's kingdom, we value gra- gathering together because we want to be trained and prepared for what we're called to do as a royal priesthood in this world. That we are called, as it says, to, de- to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. We want to be prepared for that. How do you do that? And to think that you could just do that, you know, without um, studying the word, being filled with the Holy Spirit, learning to surrender to the Holy Spirit daily, learning to hear the voice of God in small things so that you're ready for when it's big things, knowing the scriptures so that you know the promises to put them into practice. How could you be ready to do what God is calling you to do in the world if you're not gathering together with the fellow believers to be trained, to be equipped, to be encouraged, to have hope filling your heart every day? So it's a humbling thing, but it's a necessary thing to be able to do what we're called to do in this world. You know, vision in the scriptures is always about going up as well as going forward. And it's not about just where you're going, it's about how high you are travelling. The Apostle Paul talks about um, being called to to the upward call to Christ. And in in Colossians 3, 1-2 it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. So the longings that you have in your hearts, you actually have to grab them and set them on things above where Christ is is seated at the right hand of God. So you've got this picture of of Jesus sitting with the Father in the kingdom of heaven. And that's where your heart is. That's where your heart, where things is, where things are good and true and perfect and beautiful. You set your heart on those things. And and Graham was reading earlier from Matthew 6 where it says, um, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. You don't have to worry about things. You You keep your heart up there. It's an upward call. And then it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind, the things that you're thinking about, the way you think about yourself and God and other people, you set your mind up there and you have to do it. You have to take your mind and you have to set it up there for you died. So when you died before you were living down here, but you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God because you've been raised with Christ. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So this is an upward call. So vision is not just where we're going, it's how high we're travelling. And we're called to become to be lifted up from the, the pain and the suffering and the negativity of this world to rise above it and it will still be there. But we're the, we're the royal priesthood who, who rise up towards it because it says in um, Matthew 16, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So this is part of your royal priesthood role. You have to understand what it's like in heaven because you've been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So you need to come together with a body of believers to discover what the kingdom of heaven is actually like. Jesus said when he taught us to pray, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is God's will in heaven that we could bring heaven to earth? This is part of our calling. What an amazing calling to have. And so... Three reasons that we gather together. This is just three, just starting off today. Firstly, 
We host the presence of God. Now, when you hear that, you might think that sounds like strange language. We host the presence of God because isn't the presence of God already here? But I just want you to think about what it's like when you host people to your place for dinner. So when I host people to my place for dinner, I prepare and I'm sure you do too. And I think beforehand about what we're going to eat and make sure that I'm ready for it. Make sure that the house is clean and tidy, that the table is set beautifully and that I'm pre- – and what, we, what I tend to do is I, I want um, – like it's frantic me getting ready for people to come round, but I really want it so that just two minutes before they arrive, everything looks really neat and tidy and I've got some candles lit and I sit on the lounge and I give this illusion that I've just been sitting there for an hour going – hurry up, I'm waiting. It's not true. Um, You know, a few things shoved in a cupboard or something, even like quickly they rang the doorbell. That gives me 30 seconds while Graham opens the door. Please open it really slowly. So, you know, because I'm ready to, because when people come, I want to be able to give them my undivided attention. And so when they come, we sit and talk to them. Well, you don't have friends over for dinner and you're sitting talking to them and then you think, you know what, I think I'll just go and put some washing on. And do a bit of ironing. Now have a shower. Look, just serve yourself because you give them undivided attention. And when we host the presence of God, that's what we're doing. We're coming here and saying God is here by his Holy Spirit. And we come prepared. We come prepared. If you, you may be coming here in the car and you're upset about something. Take a moment just to surrender to God and say, I want to be prepared to hear you today to encounter heaven today, to discover more of what heaven is like. I want to give you, God, my undivided attention. I want to make sure that there's nothing in my heart, critical, cynical, bitter, worried, frustrated, arrogant, whatever it is that would prevent me experiencing your kingdom today and giving you my undivided attention to open my heart up to you. And I want to be there for someone else I want to be there so that I can encourage someone, I can bless someone, I can pray for someone, serve someone. You might like to come and serve in children's ministry some Sundays because you're coming so that they can host the presence of God. You might like to come and serve in some other way, greeting people. Because we know when you greet people beautifully at the door, it's not just saying hello, it's actually encouraging people, blessing people so that they come in happily and relaxed, ready to experience the presence of God. It's something we can all do to set the scene so that we come here and we hear what God is saying to us and we get to worship him. We get to talk to him and hear him talk to us. That's a privilege. And sometimes when we wake up on Sunday and think, no, I don't think so today, we missed out on the privilege of being in the presence of God together. And, you know, when we host the presence of God, we come into that we get a bigger understanding of his kingdom. And in this world, this world is full of negativity, criticism, judgment, sorrow, grief, pain, bitterness, all those things that our world is full of. And yet the culture of the kingdom of heaven is one of promise and hope and love and faith, and we get to experience that. It says in um, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 to 22, for no matter how many promises God has made, and there's a lot of them, they are yes in Christ. And what that means is that God has made promises and they have been certified through the death and the resurrection of Jesus because he's broken the power of sin and death. They are there for every person on the planet And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So we have to come into agreement with those promises. 
And there's a lot of people who don't know that they can do that. So when we come into the, this culture of the kingdom of heaven, we come and we focus on the promises of the kingdom of heaven. And that agreement says in Romans 10 that if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And sometimes we can come and say, I believe God loves me, but in your heart you don't. And you have to have that amen in your heart as well as in your, with your lips. And we need each other to help us do that. And sometimes I've had to say to someone, I, I do not, I can't believe this in my heart. Like I, I know it's true. I know it's true in my head. I've read it and I've been a Christian a long time, but I need that certainty in my heart that God is for me in some situation and someone else will pray for me and God will do that. And that's what it's, God will give me that certainty because it says this, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. It's not you who makes you stand firm in Christ, it's God. And that's why we need each other and that's why we need to be real with each other and say, you know, I, I'm really struggling in this situation. Bitterness has overcome me. Hopelessness has overcome me, whatever. And you say it to someone else and say, could you pray for me, please? that I will be free of that because it says it's God who makes us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set this seal of ownership on us and put his spirit on our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So when we come humbly, we don't come pretending we've got it all together. We don't come thinking we haven't failed or we don't sin or we, you know, or we come humbly because we know that in this presence of people who are full of grace and full of love and full of encouragement, you can sit with someone and say, I need help in this area. And they say, I will pray for you. I'll tell you where I need help. Or I, an area where I want to see victory in something happening in my family or this, or my workplace or my city or something. You come humbly, not pretending you've got it all together. That's the last thing we want to do because we know it's not true. We come humbly with this grace-filled group of believers who want to cheer each other on so that we can actually bring the promises of heaven to earth, which is what we're called to do. Secondly, we're aware of our mission and calling as a group. So we don't just come as, as individuals. We come as this royal priesthood. And I find it fascinating when you read in, um, in Revelation, in Revelation 2 and 3, there's the letters to the churches from God by an angel sent to the seven, ch seven churches. And um, you can go and read them. I just want to read a couple of little things from it where it says, To the church in a place called Smyrna, God says, I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you're rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. In other words, this church in Smyrna, not just individual Christians, this church in Smyrna, God, off, God talks all the time through the scriptures to people groups. This church in Smyrna, I am aware of what you're going through. You're suffering and you're, you're experiencing poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who are opposing you. To the church in Pergamum, he says, I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne, yet you have remained loyal to me. Every church is planted in an area where we are called to bring blessing to a certain group of people. And we're planted here in the Hunter region. And it is, is unique. It's not the same as having a church in Sydney or Wagga or anywhere else. It's the church of this region. And there are particular things that we are called to do in this region, not to be critical of it, but to see ourselves as placed here to bring the blessing and the favour of God into this region as more and more people discover Jesus. And if we just come thinking it's just about me, we forget this higher calling that we had of, as, a, have, as the priesthood of believers 
who will bring his blessing into this region so that every person could encounter the love of God which would transform their life, that homes would be full of joy, that marriages would be restored, that children would be blessed, that hospitals and places of education and universities would be full of the grace of God. Sometimes that's hard to believe when you think of some of the places in this city where there's suffering and pain, but we can believe for that. And now we have a campus at Maitland. And when I was praying with the Maitland people before we started that, I had this picture come into my head. It was like an, an Aboriginal picture of the Hunter River and it was a picture of little lights all up the Hunter River. Because as you plant different churches in different places, you plant a group of royal priests who are ready to bring the blessing and favour of God to a region. And here we are, people here who are purposely gathering so that this region would receive the blessing and favour of God as people come to encounter him, his saving grace, his healing power, his hope for life here and life eternal. That's what we get to do. And so we come together to be trained for this so that we can go out into the world and see ourselves on Monday, wherever we are, bringing hope and grace and encouragement to other people, that they would experience Jesus through us, that their lives would be transformed, that they won't have to live with um, whatever they're living anymore, that they would be able to receive victory in those areas. So we have a calling, a unique calling as a church, and that's why we pray for other churches because other churches have unique callings. So we prayed for St Paul's Church today in Visag in India and it has a big calling at the moment to be able to minister to people through grief and loss. It's not the same as our calling at the moment, but our calling at the moment is, is unique to us and part of it has to be to pray for everyone else because we're stationed in particular places of the world to bring um, the blessing of God into those areas through knowing Jesus. As people know Jesus, everything changes. And thirdly, we learn to relate to God and others from a position of above rather than below. You know, all spiritual training is relational. If you're not growing in intimacy with God, you won't last. Maybe some people haven't returned to church because they weren't growing in intimacy with God. They thought it was a form of something that you do rather than an intimate relationship with someone who loves you, that you can encounter his powerful love for you, his glory, and surrender your life to him. And so we gather together. It's all relational. It's not educational, but the education is part of it. We're sitting learning today, but what you're learning today is how to relate to God and to people and how to understand how to love yourself because Jesus said everything is summed up in this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. So it's loving God, loving people, loving yourself. It's all relational. And how extraordinary that we have this community of people here and all around the world today who are gathering together to grow in this wonderful intimate relationship with God and to learn how to be people who forgive, who show grace, who bless, who pray, who are outward-focused people, who encourage. Every, every week it's a group of people learning how to... There, there's nothing else on the planet that does that. He comes with a humble, surrendered heart. He says, give me grace for those who don't even like me. May I bless them. May they find you. Give me hope in situations that I might be someone who brings hope to other people. That's quite amazing. You are called to be committed to this. Even those who are committed to your destruction, God wants you committed to their, to blessing them. You're committed to that. And as a follower of Jesus, that, that's part of your commitment. And so we gather together 
It's quite amazing, isn't it? What we get to do, this royal priesthood. So I just want to take a moment now and ask you to close your eyes. If you want to, you can just put your hands in front of you, just as a gesture of saying, God, I'm ready to receive, and just breathe and relax and say, come Holy Spirit and fill me afresh. Ask God to give you a greater revelation of what he has won for you through Jesus' death and resurrection. Ask him to humble you before him that you might see that everything you have is his gift to you. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to soften you, to give you boldness and strength. Say, come Holy Spirit, just listen to God for a moment. So amazing that you can come together and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. So what I want us to do now is, um, this is part of our challenge, on the tables that you'll find around the place, there's these little cards and just got 10 seconds to gather one. So if there's none near you, just pass them around, help each other get them and uh, hold this little card in your hand. And this is going to be part of our challenge, which we're going to start now. And... I know some of you are extroverts and you love things like this and some of you introverts and looking to see how close the door is so you can get out. Um, if you're an extrovert, be kind to an introvert. And if you're an introvert, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. It says on the back of this card, and let us consider how we, how we may spur one another on towards, sorry, to do this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, the day meaning when Jesus returns. Now, see, here we are together. We're the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are this royal priesthood, this new nation. We speak a common language. Whatever language you are born with, our common language is the one of grace and mercy and love. That's our common language. We have the same bloodline, whatever nation you've come from, we are, we are born and find our life through the blood of Jesus. We have the same culture, one that is the culture of the kingdom of heaven where we encourage and lift people up. And so as we come together, we practice being the kingdom of God. But what we'd love us all to do is to take this card home because you gather together. It says in here, we all take part in gatherings of one type or another. So we gather on Sundays. We gather in connect groups. And if all your family is believers, you gather around the dining table. You might get together with other groups of Christians, even at a cafe or somewhere. And it says here are a few simple questions we can use to turn collections of people into intentionally gathering in his name doesn't have to spend your whole time doing this, but you can ask a question like this. What are you thankful for this week? What's one thing you enjoy about God? And how can I pray for you? What I'd love you to do in a moment is just to, to get into a little group of two, three or four people. Try to, try to be with someone that you didn't come with. Now, if you're new and you're finding that that's just too much, that's all right. Go with someone you came with. But if you can, I would encourage you just to turn to someone you didn't come with and be a fellow royal priest in this royal priesthood with them. 
because all of us can go into the presence of God and pray. And you may share something that you're thankful for or something you enjoy about God, but I also encourage you to say, here's one thing I would love you to pray for me for this week. And you say to them, I'm committing to pray for you for that this week. If, you, if you're going to forget, write it down or type it into your phone or something like that and go home and, and pray for that person. When you come back next week, say, how's it going? Because I actually have been praying for you every day this week because we are the royal priesthood called to be together. Now, when you share what you want pray, prayer for, you can say as little as, I need faith or hope for a particular situation. Or in 20 seconds, you can tell your whole life story. It's up to you. How much you say. Be as real just to say that I need this because the Heavenly Father knows and someone else has the privilege of going into the presence of God on your behalf and praying for you. And how great will that be this week when you go off and you know you, you've got a, a, someone who is agreeing with you for the promises of heaven to bring them to earth. That's amazing. So little groups, so here's, here's the rules that there's a, you don't have to share everything if you don't want to. If you don't want to pray out loud, you don't have to pray out loud. But try to find someone or a little group of people that you didn't come with. But if you can't find that person, just stay with the person that you want. And if you really just want to sit by yourself, you can just sit by yourself, whatever is best for you. But I would encourage you to step a little bit out of your comfort zone. Have a good time. Off you go. You've got about a few minutes to do that. <laughs>